So, who's Arsenal's number one goalkeeper? Do we need a clear number one goalkeeper? Or is Mikel Arteta onto something when he suggests that we might see a rotation of goalkeepers even in-game? We'll get into all of that on this live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey, everybody. Hope you're good. Hope you're well. Happy Monday. Hope uh, everybody's feeling good after another Arsenal victory. One on the road up at Goodison Park, a place that, as we mentioned yesterday, has not been a happy hunting ground for us in recent years. Uh, We're going to continue to reflect on that game, but we're going to focus especially on the debate around Raya and Ramsdale. Do Arsenal need to have a clear number one goalkeeper? Is it us as football fans? not wanting to accept something that could be actually quite innovative and something that could be quite effective? Is it the traditionalist inside us that's preventing us and many others out there from, I guess, just going with it? I don't know. We'll get into all of that uh, on this edition of the show. And I'm really, really looking forward to getting your thoughts on this as well uh, from the live chat box. As I say, hope everyone's good. Hope everybody's uh, woken up in a chipper mood today. It's always good when Arsenal win, isn't it? Mondays are so much better for it. Um, I know I've got a spring in my step when Arsenal win and I stroll down uh, to the station, jump on the train, go into work. I beg your pardon. I have no idea where that sneeze come from. Hopefully I got to the mute button in time. Um, But yeah, I I enjoy Mondays after an Arsenal victory and I enjoy sitting on the panel shows that I do and and discussing um, positive things about my football club and where necessary throwing shade at a few others. Um, But look, it's yeah, it's great to see Arsenal, you know, picking up points. I think that there were lots and lots of positives to take from yesterday's performance, uh, Sunday's performance, that is in terms of how dominant we were in terms of the fact that we never really gave anything up defensively, although Everton are not a very good side. I think we can all agree on that. We still had to remain concentrated. We still had to do uh, various defensive bits and pieces right and to a high level. Um, The Premier League is at such a high level that you only need to fall asleep for a few seconds and you can very quickly find yourself a goal down. You can very quickly find yourself pegged back. Um, And Arsenal, for me, Although I thought there were flashes and spells of us being really, really good on the ball, I thought it, or I've thought about it since. And if I had to use one word to describe the performance, I think the performance was a professional performance. I think professional is the word that I would go to there. Um, So, yeah, we'll continue to react to the game um, in line with some of your comments that are coming through on the live chat as well. But I really do want to focus on this um, Raya slash Ramsdale chat. Notice I put Raya in front of Ramsdale. That's only because Raya played yesterday. I'm not suggesting I have a favourite. I think they're both great goalkeepers and I think we're extremely fortunate as a football club to have both of them available to us. And obviously circumstances have worked out with regards to the nature of the David Raya deal, the fact that we were able to get him on loan um, with this uh, option to purchase him um, at the end of the spell. We say option because... Technically, that's what it is. I do think that there's probably something more to that agreement with Brentford, because otherwise, why would Brentford have allowed that to to go through? I guess the flip side to that is, well, then why would they have made him sign the contract extension at Brentford if it was nailed on that he was going to join Arsenal? So, yeah, 
I'd imagine that there's a few um, clauses in there that would make it probably a permanent deal. I don't know that for a fact, but I've always said that from uh, the minute we heard that it was a loan deal. I think there are certainly going to be some stipulations within that agreement that do turn what is a, an option to buy the player. So that was accurate reporting at the time um, into probably an obligation to buy the player. But we'll get into all of that a little bit later on. Uh, a few hellos. Mr. Mute is with us. Uh, Benjamin is with us. And we've got a live poll running at the moment uh, in the live chat, um, which I'll just fill you guys in on in terms of what that poll is about. And then what we'll do is uh, as the show goes on, we'll keep popping in and checking uh, the results on that. So the question I'm putting to you guys at the start of this show is, do Arsenal need to have a clear number one goalkeeper? 41% of you say yes. 59% of you, or it's changed now, 39% of you say yes. 61% of you say no, um, which is interesting. Let's um, let's take some of your comments on this then. Um Benjamin says, uh, I need a don't know option on this poll. This is great if it works, I guess, but I would not want one or two unhappy goalkeepers. Peeny Ween says, why don't we just combine them and create Ryadale? That's a good one. Um, Mark says, um, no, not yet, uh, but Raya will be number one for sure. Uh, the robots will eat you. Interesting screen name says Raya is clear of Ramsdale and Nikhil knows this. This is just him managing the situation. That's an interesting point of view as well. As I say, we'll get into all of that on this live edition of the show. Big hello to Mafia Boss, to Wandering Minstrel, to Joey as well, who all join us uh, in the live chat. Some of our regular viewers there uh, popping up. Good to see you guys. Remember, if you haven't done so already, please leave a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. It really, really does help us in terms of our growth, in terms of getting the videos out there to as many people as possible. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're listening on audio, well, leave us a review. That really, really does help as well. Okay, then. Um, so the decision yesterday to take Aaron Ramsdale out of the side and put David Raya in caught a few people by surprise. I, I know that there were whispers of it earlier in the day, which obviously gathered quite a bit of pace online and, and via social media. So I guess by the time the official team news came out, I don't think people were surprised. But I think people were surprised to learn that there was a possibility that that was even going to be a thing. You know, David Raya had put a social media post out earlier in the day, which maybe suggested that he was going to be playing, which a lot of people picked up on. And we kind of touched on this on the, the post-match reaction podcast. But I mean, the decision was one that I didn't see coming. But is it one that I think is massively controversial? No, because from the minute we knew that David Raya was coming in, from the minute that became official, Mikel Arteta has always made an effort to make that point that we don't have a clear number one goalkeeper, that instead we have a couple of goalkeepers that are very, very good, that play at a very, very high level, that are both well-equipped to play the football that we want to play in terms of, you know, being comfortable with a starting position on the edge of their box, being comfortable being involved in build-up play, being comfortable offering themselves up as an option to defenders uh, who might be looking for a pass, and then being comfortable in when they think the time is right, clipping the ball over the top of a uh, of an attacker and, and trying to set your team off on an attack, or in Aaron Ramsdale's case at times, even just pinging balls into the centre of midfield, which you've seen him do on numerous occasions since uh, since joining the club and, and obviously being tasked with playing in that way. 
it's not a controversial decision, as I say, because of the fact that we've repeatedly been told that Raya was coming in to, to, to compete and that there was no clear number one. I think people probably thought that that was an element of, or there was an element of Mikel Arteta just trying to motivate David Raya. You know, you bring in a new goalkeeper, if he doesn't believe he's got a chance of playing, what motivation does he have to work hard in training every day and to not only raise his own level, but to push and in turn raise the level of the person that he's competing with. So, you know, you, you do think when managers say things like that, that there's an element of that to it as well. We've had goalkeepers come in in recent years, Matt Turner being the latest, who Mikel Arteta would have always said that about, but you never really felt that he could push Aaron Ramsdale or that there was really any competition. Ramsdale could have a howler. Ramsdale could be really poor, be in bad form. Although I'd argue he probably hasn't had a sustained period of bad form since he even joined the club. But even if he had, you never felt that Matt Turner was the goalkeeper that Mikel Arteta was confident enough in to turn to under those circumstances. With David Raya, that's different. Because you've got a goalkeeper who's on par, if not better, in some people's opinions. I'm still unsure about that, personally, myself. But he's at least on par with Aaron Ramsdale, which means that, you know, the level of competition is going to be incredible. Uh, they're both going to push each other. They're both going to drive each other. And as Mikel Arteta said repeatedly, there are tons and tons of games for us this season. But the question is, how do you manage this in such a way that nobody's demotivated, that everybody's engaged all the time, switched on, et cetera, et cetera? And Mikel Arteta kind of hinted that he might try something a little bit different in his post-match press conference. We'll get on to that in a bit. It was just a hint, um, but it was interesting, I thought, um, that he offered up that information because it wasn't information that anybody really tried to pry out of him. Um, we're going to take a really, really short pause. Then we're going to dive into the comments on this and we'll continue discussing the Raya versus Ramsdale debate. Who should be Arsenal's number one goalkeeper? Do we need a number one goalkeeper, a clear number one, that is? Or is it a good thing that we're breeding competition in that area and that both goalkeepers are going to need to, as a result of the other one breeding down their necks, be on tip-top form? We'll do that in just a second. OK, welcome back to the show. Let's take some of your thoughts. Uh, money ain't in the comments, as I think Raya was great. Um, the robots will eat you who earlier said that Raya is clear of Ramsdale and Mikel knows this. He says there is no way Mikel would have said he wanted to sub in a goalkeeper in two games if he wasn't preparing for a Raya switch, which is interesting. Um, which is interesting. Uh, Wandering Minstrel says, happy for Arsenal to have two top goalkeepers mixing it up. Uh, Vezan says, reality check for the Ramsdale fans. Uh, Jason says, people constantly say there's, there's need for competition in every spot. Why should goalkeepers be exempt from this? For me, the competition for keepers is only a good thing. It pushes both of them to be the best. Uh, Jim Eve says, I would have thought that Arteta would have spoken with Raya before he came in. And he's probably had the same team talk with Ramsdale about how they'll play out. Uh, Joey Leo says, I feel like it's going to come down to the style of game we will be playing that day. Each goalkeeper has different attributes with regards to playing out from the back. I feel it's going to be strictly situational. Um, Ray Beam says, love Ramsdale, but have to admit, felt very secure with Raya there. I did as well. I did feel really, really secure yesterday. 
but I felt really comfortable in Arsenal's ability to defend against the toothless Everton side. And I would have felt the same had Aaron Ramsdale played in goal. I think it's really easy to kind of fall into that trap of going, well, Raya came in. Raya wasn't, you know, Raya didn't do anything wrong. Everything he did, he looked comfortable in doing. And he kept a clean sheet on the road at a ground that we haven't won at for six years. That That's the easy narrative to push and to drive, I think. But the key point there is that Raya wasn't tested. You know, at no point did he have to pull off a save. At no point did he have to um, weather any storms, deal with any difficult situations. It was a really, really comfortable debut for David Raya. And that's because partly the lack of threat that Everton posed. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't give Raya his flowers for coming in and doing well, but I don't think that I can use that game to judge him up against Aaron Ramsdale. That game is not an indicator of what we're going to face week in, week out. Um, Garage Culture says that Raya's debut was flawless, in my opinion. I like his calmness. I actually felt really comfortable with him in between the sticks. His distribution is also a level above Ramsdale's. I think calmness is a big point here. And, and that's why I've highlighted this comment. I think that's a great point because there are times under Aaron Ramsdale where you do feel it's a little bit on the edge. And, and there will be moments like that with David Raya too because of the nature of the game that Mikel is asking them to play. If you ask a goalkeeper to receive the ball at his feet, to lure in opponents and then clip the ball over the top of them or, or play a pass into midfield, there is an element of risk to that. And it goes back to what I was talking about earlier when I say the traditionalist in us sometimes doesn't let us accept changes in football. Like if Aaron Ramsdale was around in the David Seaman days and was trying to play passes like that, we'd have all been like, what on earth are you doing? But over time, we're slowly coming to grips with this idea of what football looks like in 2023. And that means that your goalkeepers have to play. That means that your goalkeepers have to be able to offer an option to your defenders. They have to be able um, to execute braver passes from those types of positions. So, you know, it's just about a change of mindset as well. And that's applicable when we talk about the way that A, a goalkeeper is playing out from the back and B, this notion and this idea of not having a clear number one. Um, but the calmness point was a was a big one for me. I did feel calm with David Raya, but again, I probably would have felt calm with Aaron Ramsdale playing yesterday because of the lack of threat. Matthew Warner says uh, Raya was excellent. I think it's clear to me he's the first choice at this point. He's obviously been showing something in training. He's just more polished. O'Melly says Raya wasn't tested on Sunday. Let's not hate on Ramsdale until Raya is under pressure. Uh, both great goalkeepers. Yeah, I agree they're both really good goalkeepers. And that's what what makes me so happy. That's what I'm so pleased about at this moment in time. Um, Muga says uh, the microscope on Arsenal is a bit annoying at times. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion have been rotating goalkeepers this season and no one has said anything about that. Really, really good point. But that's what comes with being a really big club, isn't it? Um, Leeds Gunner says no problems having two great goalkeepers. If they're professionals, they would trust the manager's vision. Uh, Harry says uh, trust the process. Um, Mosseray says, I think it's a great level of competition between the two of them. For now, Ramsdale's the number one, but Ram Raya is a chaser. And Agaba says Raya should be our number one goalkeeper because Ramsdale has a few mistakes in him that he must iron out, like that sporting Lisbon goal and the Fulham goal as well. I just hate him um, conceding. I think 
you're trying to say conceding easy goals there. The Sporting Lisbon one was one in a million. And and that happens when you're asked to play with a high starting position. And nine times out of ten, um, the, the, the man who scored that goal, whose name escapes me at this moment in time, has that effort and it doesn't go in and nobody's talking about it. So I think Ramsdale's a, a, a bit unlucky there. The Fulham one, listen, he's in the starting position that he's asked to be in. Unfortunately for us, Bukayo Saka gives the ball away and there's Ramsdale's backpedaling to get back in his goal, recognises that the shot is going to his right. He loses his balance because he's running backwards at the same time. I'm not going to be too harsh on Ramsdale for either of those two mistakes, actually, um, that you've highlighted. But here's where I'm at on it. OK, so you bring David Raya in and you do that to up the level of your goalkeeping department, generally speaking, which his acquisition and his signing has certainly done for us. OK, you can talk about leaving Aaron Ramsdale out and the fact that if you do that, you're potentially damaging his confidence and that you may be having an impact on him. But flip that around for a minute. If you bring David Raya into the club, he trains like an absolute beast, which by all accounts he's been doing. I've spoken to a couple of people um, who are very, very close to the situation who have told me that the level of training from both of them at the moment, because they're both pushing each other day in, day out, week in, week out, is incredible. Inaki Kanya is, of course, a goalkeeping coach. He does have a relationship with David Raya because they've worked together previously. He would have been an advocate for David Raya, no doubt about that. But if he's watching them both on the training ground and Mikel Arteta's watching them both on the training ground, performing at an incredibly high level, then you can talk about what Ramsdale's confidence will look like off the back of him being taken out of the team. But what does it tell David Raya if he trains like that day in, day out, and he doesn't get an opportunity? So you can flip this the other way. And that's why it's important that this situation is managed in the best possible way. There isn't a clear number one in terms of ability. I think they're both pretty much on the same level as far as I'm concerned. I know people look at Raya and say, well, look at his stats from last season, et cetera, et cetera. Some of those stats are great. And they tell us a story about the goalkeeper that we brought in from Brentford. Some of them are a little bit misleading, though, as well. And I mentioned this at the time. I remember people talking about his long pass accuracy, for one. Now, I'm not saying that David Raya is not good at long passing. I think he is. I think he's very, very good at it. Um, I think he's got great distribution with his hands as well in terms of when he launches those long throw-ins out. Ramsdale's good at that, too. But there was one stat that people were parading around when Arsenal brought David Raya in, and it was about long pass accuracy. Now, for a pass to be registered on a statistics sheet as accurate, it needs to reach its intended destination, but also that player needs to bring it down. That player needs to control it. That player needs to get on the end of it. If that player manages that, then you get a, a completed pass. If the player doesn't, then you don't get a completed pass. And the point that I kept making when people were wheeling out that stat and showing me is if you're pinging a ball up to Ivan Tony, he stands a far greater chance of bringing the ball down and controlling it. Then, for example, or flicking it on, whatever, then Eddie Nketiah, because of his physical presence, because of what he brings to your team up front. And so somebody like Ivan Tony would have really propped up that statistic in David Raya's favour. And that's not necessarily because David Raya's passes are more accurate. 
it's because they the completion rate is higher, which is helped by both sides, the player passing the ball and the player receiving the ball. So I just think that, you know, some of the stats are a little bit misleading and we shouldn't get carried away by them. That's not to say, let me be clear, I'm not for a second suggesting that David Raya is not good at long passing and not good at distribution. I think he's excellent. But I just circle back to the point of Aaron Ramsdale was brilliant for us for the most part of last season, with the exception of one or two games. If David Raya plays 38 games, he will make a mistake. That's football, number one. And number two, particularly the way we're asking our goalkeepers to play, they leave themselves susceptible in the event that they make errors. So you've got to manage both of them. You've got to give them both game time. And traditionally, we've seen uh, managers split it league and cups. And we saw that a lot at Manchester City over the years. Edison, the league and Champions League goalkeeper, with somebody else coming in and playing in the domestic cups. And I think by default, we kind of all got into this position of thinking, well, that might be what Mikel Arteta does. But this is a different situation because at Manchester City, you have a clear number one in Edison. And you have Stefan Ortega, who's a good goalkeeper, but he's not as good as Edison. Therefore, when that golf is clear, you can do that. You can split it that way. And nobody's going to complain. Stefan Ortega joined Manchester City knowing that he was going to be second fiddle to Edison. And the reason for that is because at this stage in his career, he's not the same level. David Raya is coming in under very, very different circumstances. Perhaps it's not as clear cut as saying to David Raya, you're a cup goalkeeper and Ramsdale is our league and Champions League goalkeeper. And I'll tell you why. Because neither of them would be content with that. Now, if two players are fighting at a really high level and competing and driving each other to be better week after week, day after day in training, and always believe that they can play, that's the key to motivating them. The minute one of them starts to think, I don't have a chance of playing here, then that element of competition in terms of what it brings you and in terms of the benefits are null and void. Because there is really no competition if you have a clear number one. And that's why Mikel Arteta doesn't want to say on record publicly that he has a clear number one. Now, in his head, he might think that David Raya is on course to becoming my number one in the medium to long term. He might think that. We'll never know. But he cannot come out and say Ramsdale's my number one or Raya's my number one because that kills the other one. You can't sell Raya the move on the basis of you're going to get a fair crack and an opportunity to fight for the place. You can't give Aaron Ramsdale the kick up the backside at the start of the season by telling him, look, you've done great, but we want to improve this squad and we're going to bring in David Raya to challenge you and push you. And then four weeks into the season, tell him, actually, you're my number one. You can't do that. So you have to manage this, this situation accordingly. And I think Mikel Arteta has done a good, good job of this. Who's going to play on Wednesday night? We don't know yet. And and that's a good thing in a way, because it means that, at least in theory, it's going to be decided on merit. It's going to be decided on who trains the best. It's going to be decided on who performed well the week before or the last time they got an opportunity. And that is the very definition of competition. You know, yeah, goalkeepers are a different breed. And we often, you know, talk about the importance of having a number one because of, the stability that they bring you because as a defender, you know what you're going to get. But as I've already highlighted, 
in most cases, when you're bringing a number two in, there is a slight drop off in level. And that's why teams have settled number ones. It's very, very rare that you have two goalkeepers capable of playing at the same level. So if you've got that and whoever you include isn't going to have a negative impact on your defence. Like I don't think Gabriel and Saliba yesterday were concerned about passing the ball back to David Raya in the way they might have been had Matt Turner been in goal, for example. Because we're talking about a different level of, of replacement here. So if you're not causing a problem for your defenders by chopping and changing the goalkeeper because they have equal confidence and faith in both of those goalkeepers, then why is it a problem? I don't think it is. I think lots of people outside of Arsenal are going to make noise around this and have been making noise from the day that we were linked with David Raya. We don't need to, as a fan base, make this an issue ourselves. We don't need to pick a side. You don't need to be sitting there going, I'm Team Ramsdale or I'm Team Raya. None of that is helpful. Let Mikel Arteta pick who he thinks is the best man for the job on a week-to-week basis. Let him decide who the number one should be if we do get to the point where we have a clear number one over a period of time, let him assess both of their performances and we'll see where we're we're going to end up. I'm I'm fine with it. I, I'm honestly fine with it because as, as many of you have referenced in the live chat, not a single one of us sat down to watch that game yesterday and was concerned or worried about David Raya coming into the team, which indicates in itself that the level is on par, if not better. Equally, flip that around and tell me that Aaron Ramsdale's playing on Wednesday. I've got no problem with that either. For the same reasons. So there's no need to make this into an issue. It's a good thing having that competition. And that's how we should see it. That's how we should view it, in my personal opinion. Anyway, um, let's take a few more of your comments. Let's take a few more of your thoughts. But before we do that, please leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel as well. If you're brand spanking new, it really, really does help. Um, I've noticed as I've been speaking, if I sold you guys the Mikel Arteta dream, uh, that in our poll, which is running in the live chat at the moment, the question being, do Arsenal need to have a clear number one goalkeeper? Only 30% of you now say yes. 70% of you say no. Interesting, interesting stuff. I've noticed the poll changing through the show. <laughs> Should I be a salesman? I don't know. Anyway. Um, Let's uh, let's talk about Mikel Arteta's uh, comments with regards to changing goalkeepers. He had some really interesting stuff to say, I felt, after uh, the full-time whistle on the particular subject of goalkeeping. We'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, let me uh, take a short pause and we'll be back. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, which is part of the 90 Min football family as ever. I'm your host, uh, Harry Simi. We're talking goalkeepers. We're talking uh, David Raya. We are talking uh, Aaron Ramsdale. We're talking whether or not Arsenal need to have a clear number one. Um, and as the show goes on, it seems that more and more of us think, actually, this competition thing, it's not a bad thing, is it? It's something that we can definitely benefit from and definitely use to our advantage in terms of raising the overall level, um, which is always the the goal, isn't it? Um, Mikel Arteta was speaking in his post-match press conference and, and he, I thought he made some really, really interesting comments about some regrets that he had. Um, he said, 
I've been a, uh, I'm a young manager. I'm a new manager. I've only been in the job for about three and a half years. He said, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but only one time do I have a regret and that the regret was, or my only regret is I've butchered this, but my only regret is that on two occasions, I felt like I should change the goalkeeper and I didn't have the courage to do it in game. He's talking about which perhaps highlights the reason that Mikel Arteta was so keen to bring in another goalkeeper of a high caliber to fight with Aaron Ramsdale. Perhaps at those two points, which he doesn't, you know, highlight when they were. So you, you can infer all you like and you can you can guess and you can try and predict what particular period he's referring to. It could have gone all the way back to the, the Bern Leno days. You know, we don't know. Um, but when when a manager says something like that, like I felt it in my gut that I needed to change my goalkeeper, but I didn't have the courage to do it. That suggests that the reason he didn't have the courage is not because he's afraid of taking big decisions. Mikel Arteta has done that throughout his Arsenal career. But it suggests that he didn't have faith in the alternative option available to him. And that would have been a big motivation for him if he felt that way last season. Now, I don't know it was last season, but if it was, if he felt that way, then that would have been a real motivation for him to go out this summer and bring in another goalkeeper that he can turn to and look at and go, yeah, I'm happy to do this now because I don't think you drop the level of the side by coming in. So, yeah, I, I think it's um, it's really, really interesting. He's He's been hammered in the media for for saying that. Um, Simon Jordan on TalkSport said that he, he thinks Mikel Arteta is trying to be too clever, that he's trying to show people that he just, that he's more than someone that just follows what Pep Guardiola does and all the rest of it, which I think is a nonsense. I think, you know, there are elements of Mikel Arteta's game that he's clearly taken from Pep Guardiola because they work together. Pep Guardiola has gone on record himself as saying, actually, I learned a lot from Mikel Arteta too. But it just feels too easy for people to go, oh, well, he's just Pep Guardiola light. It winds me up because Mikel Arteta is much more than that. He's a top, top coach. He's a top, top coach who's still finding his way at the very top of management, who's doing a cracking job with our football club. And he's someone we should be extremely proud of. So, you know, this idea that he's being too clever, he never said in his post-match press conference, I'm going to change my goalkeeper twice a game or, or I'm going to make substitutions during games all the time with my goalkeepers. All he said was that on a couple of occasions, he felt like in his gut that was maybe what was needed, but he didn't have the courage to do it. And if you read between the lines, what he's actually saying is I didn't have a goalkeeper that I could bring on and trust to do that. Because if I did, maybe I'd have done it. Maybe the outcome would have been different. Maybe we'd be somewhere different now. But I, I thought they were really, really interesting comments. I, I don't think he was trying to put himself across as a genius. I don't think he was trying to score points or show himself to be this innovative coach um, that deserves lots of plaudits and all the rest of it. I think if you want to be a coach at the elite level, you have to be innovative at times. You know, three years ago, nobody was playing with inverted fullbacks. Now it's the trend. When Pep Guardiola was first doing it, people were laughing at him. And I'm not saying that Pep Guardiola was the first in history to do it. I'm just highlighting an example of how the opinion of something, because we don't like change, can be quite strongly against and, and quite strongly um, critical. But then 
once you see that things become a trend, you just take it for granted. And all of a sudden it's not a conversation anymore. And I think this idea of having more than one top goalkeeper is, is an example of that too. If we have a great season and we go far in the cup competitions, as well as maintaining a high position in the Premier League, people will look back on any rotation that we see between the goalkeepers and the fact that Mikel Arteta actively went out to get David Raya in the summer as a masterstroke. Why is it, though, whenever somebody does something that's a little bit outside of the box, we got to jump on it and we got to be really, really critical? I personally don't get it, but hey... Um, it's just the way of the world these days, I guess. Um, is he ahead of the curve, as uh, as uh, Leeds Gunner says in the chat? Maybe. Maybe he's not, and it's all going to blow up in his face. But I doubt that, I have to say. Um, I've got a lot of faith in Mikel Arteta. I think he's done a, um, a, a cracking job. I, I really, really do. I think he's um, getting better and better. I think he's learning along the way. I think he is, um, you know, he is open to acknowledging the fact that he's not the finished article as a coach, which I think you need to do when you're in that development phase. Sometimes people will say he's stubborn, but I, I, there's a fine line between being stubborn and actually having conviction, the conviction to follow through your ideas and to give them the chance to, to prosper and all the rest of it. So it's a hard debate. It's a hard discussion. But hey, um, we are where we are. Um, just a quick reminder, if you haven't left a like on the video, please do so. There are plenty of you watching. We should have more likes than we currently do on the board. And that poll continues to move. Question is, do Arsenal need to have a clear number one goalkeeper? Now just 28% of you uh, say yes, um, which is much lower than the 45, 47% uh, that we started at. Look, um, that's kind of enough from me on the goalkeepers. Um, you, you understand my stance. I think that we, you know, we, we need to see how this pans out. You know, Ramsdale could be in on Wednesday in the Champions League, Europe's premier competition. And then what? Does everybody flip the narrative to, oh, hold on a minute. Raya's not the new number one. Ramsdale is now. And then if he changes it again for the North London derby, do we keep flip-flopping? Like, I, I don't really know what needs to happen for people to understand that the fact that there isn't a clear number one at this moment in time and that they're both competing for that position. If we see one play the next five or six games, then we can start talking about there being a clear number one. Even after five, six games, can you really define that? Or will it be selection based on form? I think there's a lot to play out here with regards to this goalkeeping situation before we can make definitive judgments with regards to if we actually have a clear number one, who that number one is and all the rest of it. Right. Get your questions in the live chat. Let's work our way through as many of those as we possibly can um, in the allotted time. So um, quick reminder, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. If you're listening to us on audio, please do leave us a review as well. That really, really helps. We've got so much content coming your way this week. We've got a Arsenal versus PSV Eindhoven preview show coming out tomorrow morning uh, where we're going to be looking ahead uh, to the big one against our Champions League opponents. Yes, sounds great, doesn't it? Arsenal back in the Champions League. We'll bring you a reaction podcast to that game on Wednesday night. We'll also bring you a North London derby preview on Thursday. And on Friday, uh, we'll bring you more as well as we continue our build-up to one of our biggest games of the season. Um, Saturday's a day off, but Sunday we'll be back uh, Sunday evening with a review show 
of the North London Derby. Hopefully we're talking about another three points on the board. Lots and lots of content to come. So it's worth subscribing. And if you haven't done so already, turn on the notification bell. We'll also have another members mailbag episode dropping for our uh, another slice members on Friday. So start getting your questions over for that. You can DM them to me on Twitter. You can um, leave them in the comments section um, underneath this stream when it finishes. Or uh, you can email me because I know some of you uh, like to do that as well. Whatever you want, as long as you get them to me, uh, that's fine. Right, let's take a short pause and then we're going to do your questions. Start getting them in. Okay, let's do this. Um, This is a great point, um, a, a really great point. You have to think outside the box to compete with this Man City team. You do. You have to find ways of gaining even the smallest advantages because the quality that they have with the experience that they have with the manager that they have plus the 115 alleged financial breaches make them a really really difficult champion to topple you have to say that notice i use the word alleged because as much as i'd like to believe it's true um and and probably do think that there is an element of them having dodged certain things to get to where they are today, I don't think it's ever going to be proven. If the Premier League had clear evidence and and were able to bring these charges and then convict upon them, follow them through, it would have been done by now. The fact that it's taking so long suggests to me that maybe, um, maybe the Premier League uh, are struggling to make them stick, which is a shame if indeed Man City are guilty. We're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see. Look, as I say, I don't know for sure. Um, but when you've got that many charges against you, surely um, it's worth looking into. And, and surely um, there is strong suspicion at the very least around some of their dealings. Uh, right. Let's see what you guys are saying, what you guys are asking in the live chat. Um, Mick Darcy says, is three years on the bounce trophyless progress? Well. It depends how you judge progress. I think there is a pressure on Mikel Arteta now to start um, to start winning silverware. Um, you know, we went very, very close to winning the big one last season. That would have been incredible. But if Arsenal, for example, challenge Manchester City again and go far in the Champions League, that would be progress. Now, it might not be enough progress in some people's eyes. There'll be Arsenal fans out there that will want more, that will hope for more, that will expect more. But it would be progress because the first level, the first thing is to get to a high level. Once you get to a high level, the next stage is not necessarily by default going from second to first. Of course, that is what you aspire to do. But for example, if you achieve six more points than you did last season, but still finish second, you've been better. You just haven't got the reward at the end of it because of circumstances around you, i.e. Manchester City being almost bloody flawless again. I've seen teams win FA Cups and a year, two years later be relegated. So define what you believe progress looks like and there will be your answer. For me, when I say it's not necessarily about going from second to first, the first stage of of it for me as Arsenal Football Club now where we're trying to re-establish ourselves as one of the big forces in English football, you need to maintain You need to maintain. There's no point us being a flash in the pan. Great season last season. We challenged for the title. We didn't win it. Next season, we finished fifth or fourth. 
No, you got to sustain it. You got to go again. You got to keep pushing, keep on going. Like that Liverpool side under Jurgen Klopp, they won the league once, but they sustained their level for a good four or five seasons. And they were extremely unfortunate that they were up against the Manchester City side that were that damn good. Because in any other era, that Liverpool side would have won three, four Premier League titles rather than just the one. So you can't determine whether Arsenal have progressed or not solely on whether or not they win the Premier League and go that one step better or one step further, as people want to put it. It's a really, really interesting question. I, I really do think that. And I guess we're going to have to wait and see over the course of the season how things go and, and we can kind of make that judgment then. Um, Goon Gang says, if we're giving competition to Ramsdale to help bring out his top form, is it time we do the same for Saka? Or do we maybe already have that player but haven't lined them up to push him just yet? Yeah, I think in an ideal world we do. And, and Arsenal have made no secret of the fact in the last couple of windows they've been looking for a top, top winger. It hasn't been the priority, though. And as a result, they've not followed through with some deals that they were clearly having talks about. So, um, yeah, we got we got to wait and see. But I agree with the principle. You should, if you want that competition all around the pitch, then why is Bukayo Saka immune to that? I don't think he's been great at the start of this season in terms of his performances. I think he's still got a couple of goals and a couple of assists, which is obviously not to be sniffed at five games in. But. Yeah, why should Bukayo Saka be immune to that? I agree with you. Um, Mohamed says, do you agree with me that injuries are our biggest enemy? We lost Partey and Martinelli in this important period of matches. Um, we did not complete our transfers by bringing in a winger and a defender. We didn't bring in a winger, but I don't think you can complain about Arsenal's recruitment in the defensive area. They went and got Jury and Timber. We're just incredibly unfortunate that he's picked up that injury. Otherwise, that's another option. And I said at the time we signed him that for me, that defensive unit with everybody fit and available looked complete. So to now turn on the recruitment team because Timber's injured, I think is unfair. Could we have maybe gone and got an emergency replacement um, on a short-term deal, low-cost deal maybe to try and help us through that period we're going to be without him possibly. But you need the right deal to be available as well, you know. Um, so I'm not too upset about the recruitment. I got to say, um, the robots will eat you says, uh, Harry, which goalkeeper do you want to see starting against PSV and then the North London Derby? I actually want to see Ramsdale start against, uh, PSV because I think he's done a lot for us. He's helped us qualify for the champions league. And I think on that alone, he deserves to be the one that walks out with the champions league anthem blaring on our return to the competition. Now, I'm not saying that Mikel Arteta is definitely going to do that. I don't know. But to me, um, he deserves that and 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 warrants that. So I'm going to go with Ramsdale for that. For the North London derby, I'm not fussed, um, you know, because I, I've got a lot of trust and a lot of faith, as I say, in both of them. Um, Ramsdale has played in the fixture before, has been very good in the fixture, very successful in the fixture. We've done the double over Tottenham Hotspur last year. But um, but for me, yeah, I mean, th that decision doesn't have to be made at this stage. The whole point is that you watch them in training. The whole point is that you assess who looks ready. And, and as a manager, a lot of the time you go with your gut feel on these things, um, as we've heard from many managers over the years. 
so yeah we'll see um we'll see uh, wandering minstrel just highlighting uh the fact that we've come a long way you know we're in the champions league three years ago we finished outside of europe altogether agreed uh the shake afc says saka is burnt out you can tell f- um by his form for both england and arsenal uh his levels have dropped nothing to do with competition yeah burnout is a thing but again it goes back to what i was saying about the goalkeeping situation if you've got players that you trust to come in and do an equal job, then there won't be that reluctance and that hesitance to make that change when you feel the player is suffering physically, as Bukayo Saka might be at this moment in time. So having that competition within the squad, having those alternatives within the squad allows you to feel more comfortable. Therefore, if you feel more comfortable in your alternative options, you're much more likely to let go, essentially, and make that change that perhaps is needed. I'm going to take one more question uh, before we sign out. Uh, this one says, as good as Rice has been, do you think the fact that he's such a safe player has also somewhat restricted our efforts going forwards where Partey would have tried taking on his man or more? It's an interesting point that, but I, I, I disagree because I think in a midfield like the one we had yesterday where you're playing with Vieira and Odegaard, then I think you probably need the player that's playing at the base of the midfield to be a little bit safer. Zinchenko is the one for me that breaks the lines, that progresses the ball when he steps into midfield. And Rice's recovery powers, um, when we're sort of trying to prevent transitions, are clear for everybody to see. So I actually think it gives us a little bit more balance. Remember last season, our midfield was made up of Xhaka, Partey and Odegaard. And Xhaka was kind of that in-between player. Wasn't as forward-thinking as Havertz is when he plays or as Vieira is when he plays. Xhaka had that defensive instinct. People always said that he wasn't good enough and, you know, defensively and that he made mistakes and he wasn't mobile enough. But he certainly had that awareness of what he was leaving behind him and and would often drop into those positions to help out. Havertz isn't going to do that because that doesn't come naturally to him. And the same for Fabio Vieira. So actually Rice being a little bit of a safer player than Thomas Partey in in sort of the way you've described, I don't think is a bad thing. Um, that's That's my view on that. Right. Uh, I am going to leave it there. Thank you all so, so much for joining me. As always, really, really do appreciate it. Can we get to 100 likes before we end the stream? Uh, please do hit the like button. It really, 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 really does help. Also, subscribe if you're new. Uh, check out the Another Slice platform where you can get access to our members' content. Um, and uh, what else do you need to do? If you're listening on audio, leave us a review. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at Chronicles uh, underscore AFC. Um, and, uh, yeah, I will see you all soon. I'll see you all tomorrow. In fact, uh, with another edition of the podcast on which we're going to be looking ahead to that game against PSV Eindhoven. Arsenal's return to the Champions League is just what? Two sleeps away. Can't wait. Come on, you gunners. Catch you all soon. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.